Morning, everybody. It's wonderful to see your happy faces. And uh, you're looking a bit winter, winterig this morning, is it? Because it's cold and um, you need to bring out your colors, your spring colors. Amen? Um, I just thought before I'd preach that um, two things I want to just mention is that Gert Dolk was here last week. Uh, he spent time with the leaders. He spent time with the elders, a very chunky time. And then he spent time ministering. And um, he just... You know, I, I often hear things, you know, I get a, a phone call, which I did from him, to thank me, and we spent a lot of time in our veranda chatting, but he just really loved his visit to Red Point. He absolutely loved it, and, um, you know, here's a man that's gone to Holland, he's, he's blazed the trail, he's gone to the nations, and uh, he's, he's had a, some pretty severe challenges in his life, and um, he just said, from the time he got here, he just was loved by you and by the people and by the elders. And he just, he, he, he said to me, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's what he said to me. I think he mentioned it seven times. And he said, please thank the church. And I just want to say he loved his visit. He said, you're a great church. You're a wonderful people. So I'm just passing that on. Amen. And so um, uh, thank you for being kind and gracious and warm and loving to Gert, and uh, I, want to, I, don't, I want us to be a blessing to the nations, amen? I want us to be a people that don't just, it's, we, want to, we, we want Gert to come and we want to bless him, amen? And so that's the heart of this church. That's why we were birthed, Michael, 44 years ago. Uh, so, so Craig, Craig in the back, there. just stand, Craig. You, Craig, not behind you. <laughs> Craig goes to Madagascar on... Wednesday to go and minister in Madagascar. Craig led a church in Marinsburg, and um, he'll be going to Madagascar to meet with the pastors there and bless them for a week, Craig. And so we'd, we, if for, for the prayers in the church and those that know him, and we'll be praying for him on Thursday, but God, it's Godspeed, and we, we, we send you from this church, and we say, be a blessing and blaze a trail there, which uh, he was my running partner at school, but he beat me, unfortunately. So um, I'm over that now, but uh, we wish you Godspeed, and uh, uh, thank you for going. The other thing that I want to just allude to, guys, we, we've got a, a building that's, that's quite got lots of aspects and angles, and we, load shedding is causing us quite a few problems. And we are trying to work out a solution with a lot of clever guys in the church, and everyone's got an opinion about what we should do. But, but uh, we need to come up with a solution for our youth, for our Sundays, for our apostolic meetings, for the stuff we do for our offices, for our night security. And so what I'd like to, we're busy with it, and we need to come up with some kind of solution. We need a generator. We need electricity at nights, so we might need an inverter and a battery. But uh, we need to take up an offering so we can sort this out. So um, I'm, I'm asking you in advance, before we come to you, we're going to do our homework, but I'd love for us to take up an offering so that we, we can sort out our Eskom problems, amen? And uh, I was in a church in Cape Town, and they, they're going to raise a whole lot of money because they want to be net givers, not get net takers. We don't need to be givers. We need just to have a solution for electricity. So we're trying to find a, a modest and a cost-effective, but a, a, an effective solution for our building, which has lots of aspects, the school, the office, but we only run for a couple of hours on a Sunday. So 
we've got to work it out. But I'd love us all to participate in giving towards that. Is that, is that cool? So won't you ask the Lord? And um, we, we, it's, not, it's not a huge amount, but it's, it's, it's a decent amount. And we're trying to be good stewards. So we're going to come to you in a few weeks with a, a desire to raise some funds. So can I have an amen? Do Okay, otherwise we're going to come to, I don't know, Mikey and ask him to raid his piggy bank. But if we all give, if, if everybody gives, if, um, it, it will, we'll sort the solution out quickly. Amen. And I'd like us all to participate in that. Okay, let's get to the word. We're in a series of, in Peter, and uh, it's already quarter past nine. But um, be free, be free. That's good. Thank you so much. I, I'm aware there's people, and this is quite an interesting uh, talk, but I'm very aware while I was worshiping, I just felt... I, for those of you that are here, that you say, Nick, you know, I've got, I've, I'm facing some big issues. I want to say God's got you. You may be facing a massive spiritual battle. You know, we often think, oh, that person's sick, or that person's got a financial crisis, or that person, their marriage is in trouble. God knows, okay? God is aware. You might be having a crisis of faith. It's one of the things that, you know, we can be sick, we can have financial problems. But when you have a crisis of faith, that you feel that you're losing your faith, you, your desire for God is ebbing. I want to say God loves you and God knows you and God is for you this morning. And I really want to trust that as I preach this beautiful word from this fisherman that writes this, that God will, will touch you and God will minister to you and God will set you free. Amen. And so, so we, we, the, the text is uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse starting at verse 4, which I was going to read, but... Um, and then come back to, but um, what I'm going to do is just is, is go through it systematically and trust that God will, t- this is a, God will show us, and this is not a light word, this is meat, okay, this is not sort of a, I preached on Mary and Martha recently, and I thought, that's so easy to understand, it's so clear, you've got a woman that's always working, that's a bit grumpy, that's like miffed with a sister, and you've got another lady that's just sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus says, she's doing the better stuff. I got it, you know. And so this, we've got to pay some attention. And um, this is a fisherman who now uses a building metaphor. He's not, a, he's not an architect or a quantity surveyor or a builder. He's a fisherman, and he gets bad press. But he's now so, uh, ad- he's, he's walked with Jesus, and he's become a man that has been totally transformed. In fact, this man, Peter, this fisherman, that, that, that does a crazy things, that is brash sometimes, that is arrogant, that is, you know, he says, I'll, 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 I'll never fall away. Jesus says, before the rooster crows, bro, before it crows, you would have denied me three times. And he gets bad press, and he, he denies Jesus, and he, but actually he becomes this most ins, incredible saint, amen, that the Spirit begins to show him and teach him things, and he writes this book that's amazing. And so um, he's just changing from get rid of all sin, you must crave um, the word like newborn babies, uh, grow up, taste and see the Lord is good. He suddenly changes the tone in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, and it says, as you come to him. So why don't you put up 1 Peter, as you come to him. Now, theologians say that's not the salvation part, which is 
You must come to Christ to be saved. This is now speaking to you and I, mature believers who've been around. In other words, it's a mature, you, I and you must come to Christ. One of the things is like, I don't know where God is, you know, like, um, you know, God hasn't visited me or, you know, we like when people come to us. We like to get a phone call. You're invited. We like God to speak to us a prophetic word. We love it when people or things come to us. We love it when the receiver says, here's money for you. <laughs> it's coming to me, you know. But actually he says, as you come, as you come close to Christ, Many times we see in the scripture that there's this injunction or this, this thing, draw close to me and I will draw close to you. Well, how much must I draw close to God and how much will he draw close to me? Is it a 50-50 relationship? No. It's a one to 1,000. He comes to you a thousand times more than you come to him. And it's taken me a lifetime or certainly a generation to understand that. He says, come follow me. But actually, he's been pursuing us. And Peter, he was pursuing Peter before the foundation of the earth, before you were born. I had you in my sight. So God is always pursuing us. We, we, we stray, man. You know, when he said, must I forgive this guy seven times? He said 70 times seven. Because he would forgive you and I 70 times seven in one day. Amen. So God pursues us much more than we pursue him. So he says, come, you know, we know, come follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. To the rich man, sell all you have, then come follow me. And so he's, he, 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 he's saying to us as mature believers, come to me. Come to me. My sheep listen to my voice. So, so what sheep do, I'm a sheep, okay? Also a shepherd, that's my office, but I'm primarily a sheep. I have to bleat. So if you see a sheepy, a healthy sheepy goes, bah, 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 whatever sheepies do. And the sh that's what sheep do. They bleat. Stop bleating. No, sheep bleat. And the shepherd hears the bleat. And the moment the shepherd hears the beat, if he's a good shepherd, his heart's moved. It's like the mother that hears the baby. Crying at night, she jumps out of bed, slams into the cupboard door, into the wall sometimes. Happened, I used to say to Katya, just chill, the thing's not going to die. Just let it cry a bit. <laughs> That's the heart of the Father. That's the shepherd for you. That's why you must bleed. <laughs> Even in church, you're a... You're a Psalm 23 person. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And so as you come to him, the Lord is near to all who call on him. Well, I don't feel him. I've been praying, Nick. I hear this sometimes. You know, like I just don't feel God hears me. The Bible says he is near. It's not what you feel. It's what you know. Come close. The Lord is near draws near to those who call on him. So every time you call on him, faith tells me he is near me. And we will come to him. If you love me, we will come to my father and we will make our home with you. Keep coming. Keep drawing. He will draw close. As you come to him, as you draw close to him, the living stone. 
So Peter is now going to take us on a journey about stones, the living stone. Now normally we say is, so we say stone dead. <laughs> we don't, you know, we, we, we don't think, well, like, why is he using the metaphor of a stone? A river, a fire, a wind, but a stone. What is that all about? It's an unusual metaphor. Well, we know that Jesus is referred to in the Bible as a rock or a stone, a, a petros, petra. The stone was struck and water gushed out. In 1 Corinthians 10.4, it says, They all drank from the same spiritual rock that accompanied them in the desert. Do you know that every Jew in the desert drank from a spiritual rock because there was no water, and Moses struck the rock, and that rock was is Jesus. So every Jew, whether he believes it or not, drank from a well, the forefathers, and that forefather is Jesus. And so you come to him. You come to him, the living stone, to satisfy your deepest thirst. As we drink from this rock, from this stone, from this foundation, living, we become, living water will well up from within us. So as you come to him, the living stone, in Psalm 62 it says, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. He is my mighty refuge. So Jesus is referred to as, and Peter is building his case, which I need to build. So in 1 Peter 3, he's the living hope. In 1.23, he's the living word. Now he's the living stone, and soon he'll speak to us about being living sacrifices. Living hope, living word, living rock, living stone, living sacrifices. The Old Testament was made up of very impressive stones. Very impressive, but they were all dead. Those stones in the temple were dead, but Jesus is the living one. Rejected by men, and he's going to build his case. He says, this stone, this rock, this living rock was rejected by men, but chosen by God. So Jesus, brothers and sisters, even though we can be very sort of, very sort of nice and want to please everybody. Everyone must love us and they must love the church and everyone must be happy with the church. The Bible tells me that rejected by men but chosen by God. What the world rejects. Now I've got to think a little bit. So what the world is celebrating, clapping, often God says, no, I'm not celebrating that. In fact, the world said, crucify him. And he said, I've chosen him. The one I chose is the one you reject. And so I know in my natural man the pressure of the world, even family, even the flesh, even at the office, is I sometimes want to accept what the world accepts, which sometimes means I reject what God accepts. That must help me and you personally. Don't fear man. You see, the trouble is so many of us fear man. What do people think? What will they say? They'll cancel me. Let them cancel you. Amen? Let, you know, it, it, at some stage, all of us are going to have to go with Christ, and the world's going to say, I mean, you know how much hate speech there is now? I mean, that the, that the people say, this is hate speech. I heard a woman ranting last week about how God expected a man called, called Abraham to kill his son. And she went off. And, I, and, and she made it like a shocking story. 
going nuts, like spewing. And I thought, madam, it's for, he did it for you. He's, he's, he's showing us a picture that the father will sacrifice the son. Imagine the trauma of the son looking at the dagger over his head. How disgusting. I think the father in heaven does that for you, ma'am. And I wish I could have just said to her, it was for you. I want to fight her. I want to say it was for you. How did I get there? I have no idea. The Jewish leaders were the builders. They rejected Jesus as the foundation, as the stone. The one that God raised from the dead, they said, we reject him. The builders, the ones that were given the, the mandate to build the house of God, to prepare for Messiah, Meshua. They said, I'm going to send you Messiah. When you come to Christ, you side with God. It's a warning that will be rejected by men. The one who came from the, from the hearts of God, the one who came to save us from our sins has been rejected by men. You see, what's interesting is that this is what I believe, because I believe this is what happened to me and to many others, is that when the gospel is preached, the veil is taken away. When Jesus spoke, when he spoke to you, to me, to the Pharisees, to throughout history, the veil is taken away. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. So what happens is, I remember when I heard the gospel, I got angry. In other words, I was angry because I thought a couple of things. Why didn't anyone tell me about this Jesus? Why is it that I only hear now? And the other anger was, not now. (laughs) I don't want this now. I I don't want to become a holy Joan now, amen? I got stuff to do. I got sin to do. I've got ambition. I don't, I don't want this now. So I was angry that no one had told me, and I was angry that I felt the Spirit begin a, a, a process of revealing. Those who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. But what's so interesting is that the Spirit was saying to me, this is the truth. This is the truth. This is the truth. Every time I, this is the truth. There was an inner witness that I knew that I knew that that was the truth. That the gospel was the truth, that Jesus had died for my sins, and that I needed to repent, and that I could not reject this, this word. I should, do not reject this word, son. That, that's the emotion. That was the feeling. When I heard the gospel, I felt this thing. It, it would be, do not reject my word. Receive my salvation. <laughs> I want to, Lord. <laughs> Sometimes that's what the world is going through. Ask the Lord, how precious is the Son to you? Who is the Son? It's Paracletos we heard this morning. Comforter, come come show me who the Son is. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. So Jesus... Living stone rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. Precious stone. We could spend a whole sermon on the preciousness. He is the glory of the Father. The Father has his fullness in his Son. He represents the Father in totality. He is spotless, perfect, without sin. And so the Father has held nothing back in showing us in Scripture how precious he is. You also... 
So now Peter's giving us, he's teaching us, this is weighty stuff. Like living stones, you also, Jesus was a living stone, precious to God, chosen by God. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. So you need to keep coming to him. You need to keep pursuing him. And now he's going to begin a building process with you. (laughs) That's quite an interesting one. God is busy building you. He's building the church. He's building your family. He's building, he's he's establishing you in your faith. What he started, he will finish. And he wants you to cooperate. So the builder picks up a stone. He's a stonemason now. And he, unfortunately, when he picks up a stone, he says, great stone, great stone. But he takes out the, the hammer. And he flicks that stone. I'm using a metaphor. I mean, these were sometimes huge stones. And he looks at it and he says, hmm, good stone. But we have to work on the stone because we've got to fit it into the building. Ka-ching, 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 ka-ching. Ah, ah. And the Lord begins to shape you and ah. And we have all these little idiosyncrasies and these funny little quirks and we're a little bit grumpy and we're a little bit exclusive and a little bit independent. And he, chika, 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 chika. And he shapes us. And then we run for the hills. Because he wants to place you into position. He wants to, you like living stones are being built into a spiritual house. So like, you know, you saw the temple. Incredible edifice. Wonderful. Magnificent, Solomon, Zerubbabel, Herod's temple, the three temples. Whoa, amazing. In the same way that those were big stones. Remember, even Peter said to Jesus, check these, check these incredible stones, this temple, magnificent. Jesus says, it's all going to be, it's going to come to nothing. It's going to be torn down. But now he says, I'm going to build a living I'm going to use you and I'm going to make you into a temple. I'm going to shape you and I'm going to build you. Jesus gathered humble believers and he shaped them. And he put them together to become his temple. Upon this rock, why is is Peter using a building metaphor? Surely he should be using a fishing metaphor because he's a fisherman. But you see, Jesus was preparing him to be a builder. Upon this rock, I will... Build my church. Peter, are you listening? Yes. That's revelation that Jesus, Son of God, Messiah. Upon this. So Peter says, I've got to stop thinking like a fisherman, even though I'm a fisher of men. But I want to think now like a builder. Can you think like a builder? Chiseling, shaping, fitting, um, aligning. God's building us. You may not like it. I have often got off the masons out of his hand or out of the potter's wheel. He's shaping. He's preparing. I was, I was looking, watching Tula this morning. Tula, God said, Tula, as he picked him up as a young boy when Maud brought him, and he looked at the stone. He said, hmm, I, got to, I like the stone. But he began to shape Tula, that Tula would be a stone in the building that God would put together called red points or whatever it's called. And he would say, I have, I'm going to, I'm going to fit you into my temple, into my building.
if you were to ask the Lord in the Old Testament, they would say, so you Jews, you, 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 you people that claim Yahweh, you say he's the God that's created all of this. Where does he live? And they would say, come, 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 we'll show you our temple. Oh, people think, whoa, and gold, and it was an amazing temple, especially Solomon's. Today, what does he do? When you say, this, this mighty God, this incredible God, where, 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 where does he live? Where's his house? Where, where do you take him to? The church. So we are the living stones. We are the church. Christ is a faithful son over, the, over his God's house. These people stones are being built into a spiritual house. That's why, brothers and sisters, the church should be quite an extraordinary place. The church should be a place filled with living stones, precious to God. Those living stones gush forth water. Those living stones have the fruit of the Spirit. So when you come into the church, you think, oh, there's a fight going on in this church. I'm out of here. Or there's politics, or there's a religious spirit, rather than love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and good coffee and all those other things. <laughs> and just, just like, no, this is good. Sometimes we, we get religious and sometimes we do silly things like we put up funny paintings and we do strange things or we, we get religious and we, we miss it. But God's kind and he begins to speak to us and say, listen, you need to lose some things. But the world must look and say, Yo, that's interesting. That's amazing. These are amazing people. I went to a funeral at the church. And I don't know what it was, but there was, there was, a, there was a, something there that was amazing. And so, stones, spiritual house. We, like Jesus, who was laid at the cornerstone, are also laid on. You see, the cornerstone, which we don't understand, the cornerstone was the main thing that was laid in, in an old building, in an ancient building, that the Jews all understood. It was sometimes a massive stone. That stone would be laid or put down. And if you were to, if you were to look at this building, you'd say, okay, let's put the cornerstone here, because it comes to a point, or there. And that is a reference for the entire building. Every brick, every foundation, everything must line up and must be connected to the cornerstone. Get the idea? So the cornerstone is this very important labeled stone that says, now that's the cornerstone. Go back to the architects. What do they have in mind? You lay that down and every part of the building is connected to the cornerstone which Jesus is, is our Jesus is our living stone and the stones because they're connected to Jesus they become life-giving stones kind of get it <laughs> so I'm connected to Jesus because I'm in the building he's fitted me in amen okay verse 5 to be a holy priesthood offering a spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ Okay, now he's saying, okay, now no, you're, you're not just living stones, but you are a priesthood. Now we are we're part of the building, but now we are also in the building, Old Testament priests. Now we are priests offering spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. Oops, that's the problem. I'm not holy. That's the, one of the greatest problems in my years of being, people eventually say, you know what, I, I, I can't do this anymore. Why? I've got problems, man. I'm fighting with my wife. I'm fighting with my husband. 
I've got anger issues. I've got sin issues. I, I, I drink too much. I'm addicted to pills. I look at what I shouldn't look at. Um, I'm angry. I can't sit in another worship meeting because they sing the song 16 times. I can't do this. I'm, I'm a horrible person. Is that just me sort of speaking? You know how many people have said to me over the years, I'm just a, you don't know me, bro. I'm a horrible person. I said, no, you're not as horrible as me. Now, you see what happens is how can I offer holy sacrifices when I'm not? You can only offer holy sacrifices because you're connected to the Holy One. Your connection to the cornerstone, He makes me holy. Yes, I am being sanctified. So I'm a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. It's acceptable because it's coming through Christ in yourself, in myself. I don't know that I've been horrible to my wife. I don't even know that I've dismissed something that's dear to her. I don't even know that I've been horrible to my friend. I don't even know that God says, Nick, you're arrogant on that or whatever. Or you're greedy for money. Or you, are, you, you, you think you're, you're different. You, you, you're a little bit elite. You at heart are a racist. At heart you have a lust problem. At heart, give me another one. I'm a proud man. I can't, I'm proud. I think I'm special. How can I be holy? You know what? I'm just going to go. I'm going to go and party in the world because then we all sinners and we all love it. Connect yourself to the cornerstone. Touch the stone. Say, Lord, give, give me some electricity because I need you. And I'm back and I'm coming back to you. Draw close to him. I'm being made holy. There's, a, there's an osmosis happening. Amen. Believers now not only make up the church, but they serve in it like Old Testament priests. They get involved. They pray together. They tithe. They function. They, 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 they do stuff. I mean, they move chairs. Sometimes the people that have given me the greatest advice and, advice and red point have never moved a chair. And I've said, listen, how about moving a chair, bro? And I mean, that, that's, that's caused trouble. Well, in that, in that case, I'm definitely leaving. Now come and serve. You're a priest. Priests. You see, yet to be a priest, yet to be a part of an elite family, the Levites, chief priests, Aaronites. But now we're all, we're all priests. We're all serving. We're all doing coffee. We're all, we're all doing stuff, amen? We're praying. We, 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 we're giving money. Yes, how much do you need? We need a couple of hundred thousand rand for a, yes, come on, I want to give. I want to sow. Does it hurt? Yes, because I wanted a new fridge. But now we've got a new jolly generator. Amen. We serve. We are given. A loose stone is not part of the spiritual house that God is building. You cannot be shaped into the person of Jesus if you're a loose rolling stone. My problem was that. The first years, I was, I was too exclusive for the church. I used to struggle with the church until God says, I cannot use you, son. I have need of you, donkey. But donkey... I want you to tie in. I want you to commit yourself in. I, 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 you, you, I, I've given you my favor, Nick. I've, I've put my grace upon you. I've given you a gift. In fact, I, had a, I could operate. I could, I could prophesy. I could preach. But, but I'm not a... And, and the interesting thing in the Old Testament, they didn't use cement. 
We often, I use the thing of cemented in, but it wasn't cement, it was fitted. It was carved so that it sat next to the other one. It, 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 I was fitted in. Never perfect, but well fitted, amen? We're all priests. For the scripture says, verse 6, See, I lay a stone in Zion. I love that. You know, you know when you go to these, um, where all these idols are, all these, all these places of worship, even in England, these stones, they're all these, these stones that are put up. I was in Mauritius recently. We, we lost our set. We came past an idol that was as big as this roof, and we had to drive. You could touch it. But Jesus was laid I love it the son of God the creator of the universe the father laid him he was laid in a manger he was laid in a tomb this king has come to serve this king came to lay down his life I just I'm, I'm, it's a play on words for me I lay a stone in Zion a chosen and a precious cornerstone and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. We lay our lives down for one another. That's why pronking Christianity, celebrity Christianity. When, when, when Christians come from the green room onto the stage and go back into the green room because they're special, it's dangerous. Because my Jesus says, show me the leopard. Sorry, the, the leopard. <laughs> Where's the leopard? Jesus, don't get close to him, you'll die. Touch him. Touch the leper. Who, who's the unclean woman that touched me? He didn't come from the green room onto the stage, back into the green room, and then jetted out. He was among his people. He was laid. Isn't that beautiful? Lay down your life. You, you could see Jesus tomorrow. Sorry to say it, but you could. Christians, air crashes, gone, whatever. Say, Lord, I, I, I had a go. Sorry, sorry I didn't do more, but ah, thank you for the opportunity. Lay down your life now. You know, we're living stones. We're not dead stones. We're living sacrifices. You know, people bring their dead to the Lord. People bring dead things, messed up things, broken things. I thought the Lord said, Nick, I don't want your broken life. I want your best life. Give me your degree. Give me all you, you think you clear, but give it to me. I want it all. Come, give, give, give. I want your best life because I said, Lord, when I'm 40, because when I was 40, I'd be a bully. Then I give you my bully life. He says, I want your life now. Give me your best now. Give me you, your wife, your children, your family, your car, your money. I want it all. I'm a living sacrifice. Oh, Lord, I'm broken. Help me. That's what we do with God. We bring him broken things. Bring him your best thing. Amen. Give me an amen, somebody. I'm preaching my heart out here. Imagine we see and we think, Lord, I gave you my brokenness. I gave you all my moans and groans. Oh, pray for me, pray for me. Why? Because I'm sick. No, pray when you well, amen. When you've got money, don't, don't like, give it. Sow it. If you're a leader, give it to Jesus. I'm going off at a tangent. I lay a precious stone, a cornerstone. The one who trusted him will never be put to shame. God lays, he said in Isaiah 28, see I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, stone, a precious stone, that son has been tested, found without fault, a cornerstone, a sure foundation. The one who trusted him will never be put to shame. 
So the, as the building relies on the cornerstone, so the believer builds and relies on Christ for everything. I rely on you. He was tried and tested and proven. Straight, he's true. You can build your family, your marriages, your finance, your business, your education, where you live. South Africa, we are, we are you're in a difficult place. If God has called you here, don't go. Don't go. Don't just go because everyone's going. Just hold on. Hold to the cornerstone. He determined the times and the places. He set the times. Where we should live, when we should live. But if God calls you to Canada, but, but make sure he's called you. Otherwise, it's going to be uh, like, ha, 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 ha. But, if he's, but, but he's the cornerstone. He's the sure foundation. If you want to marry somebody, ask the Lord, Lord, is this the person I'm to marry? I submit it to you and I leave it. And I will wait for you, my Lord. Everything you can build on a sure, a true, uh, a perfect foundation, everything can be built on him without fear. Parenting. Just adjust the child's sex. What? Give them puberty blockers and all sorts of shocking things. Christian nations, Christian people, doctors. No, this is not a boy, this is a girl. Most of the, it's mostly girls wanting to become boys and doing obscure things with them. Ah, oh, no, the Lord made them male and female. He's fiddling with stuff here. Guys, I tell you what, all the Lord has to do is just turn his face. All he has to do is just say, okay, because that's what he did. Okay, you want to do that? That beloved nation, America, I think, what's happening there? What's happening in Australia? All he has to do is this. And if he does that, the wolf says, (laughs) the father is, the the shepherd has looked away. And when the shepherd looked away from Israel, the Nebuchadnezzar and all the arts just came and they just plundered. And the Syrians came. The Lord just has to do this. And I pray, say, Lord, please don't take your eye off us. That's why we pray on Thursday. We pray for South Africa. We pray for this nation. We pray for the church. The devil wants the church. Be careful. Everyone should be careful how he builds. Verse 7, now to you who believe the stone is precious, but to those who don't believe the stone, the builders rejected it has become the capstone. You've rejected the capstone. You've rejected the one. You've rejected Messiah. You've rejected the rock who gives you life. A stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message which they were also destined for. And so the stone the builders rejected. I quote from a a, a writer, a stone of trial, a trying stone. Jesus said, I am the rock of offense. He said, you will stumble over me, but don't be crushed by me. It's good that you stumble. In other words, you think, oh, Lord, I'm proud. Oh, Lord, help me. Lord, um, do in me what you need to. But you don't want the stone to crush you. Quote, a stone of trial or a trying stone by which men are tried and discovered to be what they are, whether they're believers or unbelievers, since sincere Christians or hypocrites, known by their conduct and behavior to Christ if they come to him as a living stone. Precious to him, they are true believers. But if, there is, if he is to them a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, they are unbelievers. 
we do stumble over Jesus. We stumble and we, we are offended at him. We're offended at his sayings. But there's a good offense and then there's a bad crushing. If you reject him, you will be crushed, the Bible says. Can you imagine on that day, the Lord says, Nick, I, I, I witness to you. You know and I know on that day in 1998 at the Playhouse Theater that you knew because my spirit and you acknowledged in your heart that actually this is the truth. Why did you reject my offer of salvation? I understand. And if you do that, he says, you will be crushed. But if you accept, you may stumble and you may be offended, but I'll work on you and I'll chisel you and I'll fit you in. And I'll use you. They stumble because they disobey the message. There was this rock. It was a, a Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and they couldn't interpret it. And Daniel said, I'll interpret it for you. The God who I serve, he, he says there was this rock that was cut out, not by human hands. And it came tumbling down the mountain. And there was this, the Bible says, this dazzling statue, head of gold, um, breast and, and chest of silver and, um, and uh, I don't know, uh, whatever, bronze and all the way down to clay uh, mixed with, uh, there was iron and there was clay mixed with iron and his, and his feet. And it was a statue of the kingdoms of the world. It was a statue of worldliness. And this rock comes down and smashes and obliterates the statue, the worldliness, the, 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 the lords of the world, the all these that you see happening right now, all these people just doing wild things, these emperors and these kings. And he says, and, 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 and that statue became like chaff, the Bible says. Then the wind blew it away. You, it was obliterated. And this rock grew and grew and grew until it filled the earth. That's Jesus. The systems of the world, this beautiful rock, his name is Christ. But you are a chosen people. Tie yourself into the living stone, the stone not cut out by human hands, the stone that gives life, the cornerstone. Touch him. Say, Lord, build me in. Knit me in. Fit me in. Then he ends up, and we close by this, but you are a chosen people. I'm a fisherman, man. I like made big, no, you are a chosen people people i chose you i set my affection it's a it's a picture of marriage i chose you i betrothed you yeah but i'm a bit messed up i'm shy i'm awkward i chose you amen <laughs> i love you you are a royal priesthood me yeah i want you to offer sacrifices of praise I want you to speak of the excellencies of God. I want you to represent my people. I want you to go as the priesthood and I want you to bring sacrifices and I want, to, I want you to pray. So if Craig's going to Madagascar or somebody's sick having a foot operation or somebody, I want to go and say, Lord, I've got, got a friend. Uh, there's somebody in our church, Lord, that's battling. We want to be priests. We want to offer sacrifices. Those sacrifices aren't animals. Their lives. We are the living sacrifice. I'm saying a lot of things. Are you getting me? This is a big picture that I'm trying to cram in a couple of minutes. A holy nation. We are a set apart people. Don't be afraid to be different. You're a holy nation. Means separate. Means called out. Ecclesia. 
And you're holy. I want to be holy, Lord. I'm not holy, Lord. Sometimes I find that I'm like not a cool guy. Lord, I'm not going to get all broken. I'm going to touch this cornerstone. I'm going to sit on the stone. I'm going to say, Lord, who are you? Teach me about yourself. A people belonging to God. He bought us. I don't belong to others. People have said to me, you know, I said, yeah, I don't belong to you, bro. People have even come to me as a leader of a church sometimes and told me that. I said, I've been bought by another. He, he, he's, he wants me to be in his word day and night. Yeah, I said, sorry, sir, with respect, even people in the world, even family members, sorry, I belong to God. That's not a, that's not a um, horrible statement. It's just, sorry, no, somebody's got me. I'm a bond slave to another. And, and, and I'm sorry that offends you, sir, but I, I'm not available. Sorry, I, I've, I've been called of God. Is that okay? Give me an amen, somebody. A people that belong to God. You're a people who declare his praises. And that means I can tell you about the one. I just love the opportunity to tell anybody that doesn't know about Jesus. And I think, no, Jesus says you must be born again. I don't necessarily come with that. I say, oh, this, this, this Jesus, man, can I just tell you about who he is? That, he's, that he, was, he laid down his life. In no other leader do they say you need to be in Christ. Only Christ. You don't have to be in Muhammad, in Confucius, in Buddha, but you must be in Christ. He's saying, but Nick, you know, I notice, I notice you, you, you're sometimes not such a nice guy. I said, yeah, I'm broken, bro. But, I, but I've, I've, I've got Jesus. He forgives me. He's teaching me. I, I'm sorry that, 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 that you can see I'm, I'm not a, sometimes such a good guy. But I'm, but I'm like you. But I've got Jesus, who is my sanctification. Man, I've, I, I, I want to tell you, I, I feel the goodness of God. I live free because he's so good. Amen? I'm not religious. He's, you, want to, you, want to be, you, you want to receive him? Called out of darkness. I was blind, ignorant, I couldn't see. Into his glorious light. Eskim. Like darkness, because I can sin there. I can sin in darkness. I can do stuff in darkness. Light. Oof. Praise God for the light. Thank you. You are the light of the world. Light of the world. Don't go and shine in my brother's life that's messed up. Come shine in my heart, because I'm messed up, because I need your grace. You were not a people, but now you're a people. Once you had not received mercy from God, but now you receive mercy. That's from a fisherman. That fisherman said, okay, Lord, uh, use me. He says, okay, Pete, I'm going to use you. It's going to be a long journey. I'm going to send that other apostle who killed people to adjust you because you got caught up in hypocrisy. But stay with me, Pete. Stay with me. And I'll do something. And he writes this letter, and you think, oh, my word. He knew the Old Testament. Would you stand with me as I pray? Quite a meaty teaching. Thank you for sitting through it and listening. You got a song, Tools? Hey? I was thinking as I close that if you ask me what's 
what do I feel, Nick, if I can just be a little personal for a moment, that you, you, you've given red points over the years? I hope it's this. I hope I've given you Jesus. I hope I've given you Jesus. I repented about 12 years ago. I wept here. I don't often, I was overcome with emotion because I felt that my preaching had lacked the wonder of Christ. And I, and, I, and I felt I was overcome with tears, involuntary. I can sometimes control, my, I couldn't control my emotions. I remember repenting to Red when I said, I'm sorry. I've preached the nations, I've preached the prophetic, I've preached going, I've preached marriage, but I don't know how much I preach the clarity of the Christ. But the other thing that I felt is that, that I would, that what I would give you as a gift is that you would be strong in Christ that you would be strong, that you wouldn't be a worm, it wouldn't be a hierarchy, elders, deacons, apostles, saints, that you, sir, you, ma'am, you, young person, like Joel here, standing right here, that this young man would grow up in this church, he was born here, that he would be strong, that he would say, I know my God, I know who Jesus is. Yes, I know who I am, but I know who Jesus is, and I'm strong. And I can stand and I can walk. Amen. I want to pray for you this morning. There's so much I said there. Sorry to, to go so quickly over so many truths. But I want to give you Jesus this morning and I want to give you strength. Strength not in yourself, but strength because you touch the stone. Strength because you're in the building. Strength because you've allowed him to shape you and fit you into his body. Strength because you're a priest and you're offering sacrifices and holy because he has made you holy. And I don't want to re-preach my sermon. But if you want to respond this morning in any way, I don't know, raise your hand or raise your heart. Lord, we love you. If you can use a fisherman who, whose mistakes were all over scripture. Even he was leading Barnabas astray in his hypocrisy. And then he writes this letter. Oh, my word, is there hope for us? Oh, my word, is there hope for us and so douse us with your goodness and your mercies and your gospel and if you've been a rolling stone let the stone mason pick you up and flick you around in his hands and turn you and begin to shape you say Lord shape me chisel me and fit me into your building Move among us, Lord, I pray. Take off the old robe, the old cloak. Put on Christ. Loosen us, Lord. Loose us. Loose us from small thinking, from poverty, from stinginess. Loose us from guarding our lives. And sow us. Give us to be priests to be your glorious temple, to declare your excellencies, to serve one another. Build your house, God. If you need to ask God to forgive you this morning for sin that you are aware of, you, you're very aware, ask Him now, now, even now. Lord, forgive me. That's all you have to do. Say, Lord, I see it. I recognize it. I don't like it, Lord. In fact, I hate the sin that I see. I hate my stubborn hearts. 
or whatever it is that you're struggling with. And, I, and it's just to, it's to give you an opportunity. As a young Catholic boy, I used to go to a priest and I used to be embarrassed to tell him things that I did. But there was something there. And now we, we, we can come to our Father and say, Lord, help me. Deliver me. Save me. Use me. In Jesus' name, I hand back to the elders.